Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Before we start the episode, a real quick mailbag. First, here's our man Spencer Parks. Hey, it's Spencer. I am almost done listening to the Dinner Bell episode, which is great, of course. Lots of fun. Sounds very caffeinated. Um, and I just wanted to say that I love the backwards talking in this. Um, even before I started messing around with some backwards talking in my young adults and adult years, um, this this enthralled me. I was fascinated by it. So before I called, I wrote down the first four words that were backwards, and I'm going to say them to you now. I'm actually going to sing them. I have not tested this. I have not anything like that. So when I'm done, Greg, you can reverse it. Yes, I'm giving you more work to do. Uh, so let's see what happens. Mra wobla pezyad erdlosh. All right, that's it. Goodbye. All right, so let's reverse that and see how he did. Shoulder, arm. <laughs> that was pretty good, man. Next, uh, so on the Boss of Me episode, I couldn't track down this uh, bluegrass version that I had read about on the wiki. Well, it turns out I should have been searching for country version. And uh, our pal Jonathan Leonard notified me to that and sent me to this YouTube clip by... Woat and Piano is the YouTube user. Let's check out just a little bit of this Boss of Me country version. Just know, maybe, I don't know, can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now, and you're not so big. You're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now. Thanks for digging that up for me, Jonathan. And if anyone else wants to leave me a voicemail, it's 224-801-2930. You can also email this might be a pod at gmail. On to the episode. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Tim 
Gutowski to talk about the song When the Lights Come On off of I Like Fun. Here we go! Hey, man. Hey. Wow. Great to be here. Yeah, peachy. It's peachy keen to be here. So <laughs> I was digging through, this is like a month ago, I was digging through my Facebook, or no, my Twitter messages, and like, hey, I know there were some people I talked to like a really long time ago. I haven't heard from them. They haven't bugged me about it. And I kind of, let, let's dig through. Because the way Twitter messages are organized, well, they're not very well organized. It's pretty it, bad. It's hard to find things. Like, like this, this, it's like the worst possible way to talk to someone is Twitter messages. Twitter is great for like the little community that's building around the podcast. But as far as like keeping yeah. things organized, it's not very good. Like, People will tweet at me about an episode, and I'm like, please write me an email. I'm not going to be able to find this tweet when I record something in five days. There's no way. You know? So, like, it's very, uh, like, a conversation flying around is fine, but finding something someone said is hard. Oh, God. It's terrible. So, when I... I must have tweeted at you, and then you said hello there on November 29th, 2018. And I said, yo, 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 what's your real name, Peachy? And you said Tim. So, oh, and I even said then, sup, Tim, the bassist in one of my bands is named Tim. You're not him, are you? <laughs> Trying to sneak out of the podcast. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so then we talked a little bit, and then, let's see, November 29th, and then, yeah, so then November 29th, uh, the last thing, so I let you pick a song, um, and then... When the lights come on, I said red, and then we talked about Marty Beller, and then nothing until January 12th. Yeah. So, gap. Yeah. You know, a little bit, you know, a, a year and, t- and a month uh, plus. I was digging through, because there were some other people that waited a really long time, like uh, Harley Rowan, whose episode is coming out... Mm. Well, at the time of recording this, it'll already be out. Um, and then there was, let's see, and my, what, what my Canadian friend. Oh, um, Harley did. Oh, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? This microphone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I started digging through and I found Lou. Um, Emma Lou Reed uh, was one of the very first people I ever talked to. So in, in, that was a full year because I contacted her in in November of 2018. We recorded it November of 2019. And then I got Harley and now I got you. So I'm finally digging out at like the people that have been waiting so long that I forgot about on the Twitter, <laughs> Twitter messages. Yeah. Cause some people are polite. Some people will be like, Hey, can we record soon? I'm like, Oh, right. Um, sure. Let's look at the calendar, but you're just, just waiting politely. And yeah. I was like, Oh my God. I've done peachy wrong. So what the, what is peachy fennec? What is what is that about? Yes. Okay. So um peachy fennec is kind of like fennec. my my online um 
my online persona, if you would say. Sure. Um, basically, it's what I go by on most of my social media, except for Facebook. It's the one thing where I actually show my face. Yeah. But um, it's basically my nickname online, and it's stuck with me for years now. Yeah. I like the um so did you draw your um Twitter avatar there? Uh no, uh that was okay. actually uh, a piece by a really great friend of mine. Um and it's it I think it perfectly you give him a bump. matches me. Uh my friend uh at Zeeb, I think, uh on Twitter. Uh, uh let me double check. So a friend that you've never met yet. Yes. Uh, yes. at Zeeb underscore. Okay. So they're yeah, really nice, pretty cool great friend. They're um, they actually have done some illustration for like uh, children's books and stuff. So they're really talented, really sweet. So what, what's what's the what's the animal there? It's got really big ears. Is it a fox? Uh, th- yes, that is okay. a fennec fox, the smallest ah. fox in the world. Ah. <laughs> And then your your Twitter cover photo is like a uh, uh, like a race car like burning out and uh, yes. I'm assuming you did this one of your yes. so you do uh, like like models and dioramas and stuff tell us about yes. about what you do because this looks pretty cool and I want to know what the stuff is the fuzzy stuff you use to look like the dirt kicking up behind the car yeah so um, what I do um, in for fun really. Is uh, I build mod- a lot of model kits, a lot of models, uh, dioramas. Uh, in the actual picture I have on screen is actually me winning an award at a modeling show with my creation, the Cruel Bus, yeah. which was uh, originally <laughs> it was um, a calico critter toy, and I modified it by adding a bunch of stuff to it in uh, <laughs> a method called uh, kit bashing. Ah, ooh, I which like the sound of that. They, which they used to do in like the old sci-fi movies and stuff. So nice. It was a bit of my own fun creation, but I do a lot of models, a lot of build-ups, and that's actually kind of what I do as a day job. Strangely oh, yeah. enough, is I work at a hobby shop and I do a lot of build-ups for customers. <laughs> believe it or not, like customized stuff for them. Yeah, customized stuff, um, or just straight-up build-ups of, say, a customer just wants a someone is a retired pilot or something wants a plane built they don't have the skills to do it and we'll do it for them nice i'm just flipping through your uh, facebook cover photos now and i just clicked over to eric andre and was very uh, <laughs> happy to see that um so yeah yeah i should you know i should hook you up on uh you're on instagram i assume too yeah uh i've been needing to get on instagram but, oh you're yeah. not wow yeah post pictures of your stuff but my friend johnny who's really not on any other social media except there he's kind of on twitter uh who drums in my band that has the guy named tim in it as well um he uh is a toy collector and oh. so he keeps some stuff packaged but he also has plenty that he has unpackaged and will like set up little scenes so I don't, he's not really building models but it's almost like a robot chicken type thing where he's putting different characters together in scenes that you know aren't in from the same thing and like stage them outside so the you know and take photos that look like a a lot of photos like that i I really love that stuff just like toys and like real world environments it's there has to be a name for that genre of photograph but it's it's great i love it yeah super fun um 
Yeah, Johnny Magic, I think, is is what he is on, on Twitter. Johnny without an H. Um, yeah, shout out to him. He'll be on the When Will You Die episode because we covered that. Well, yeah. Well, hey, what is the uh, the stuff that's pop, that's the little car is kicking up? What what oh, is that yes. little fuzzy so stuff? That is uh, those are cotton balls. All right, uh, those painted. Are con- yeah, yeah. Those those are airbrushed, uh, like a brown color to match the rest of the car's dirt, and yeah, <laughs> it gives off a really good effect. Oh, it looks cool. I mean, when you like when you're looking at it on computer size. You're like, whoa, what's going on there? And then you click on it, but you got to really yeah. look at it big to tell what it really is. But that's awesome. I love that stuff. That was like my favorite thing in elementary school was dioramas. Kids still love dioramas are the best. They're so fun. Oh, yeah. It, it's God. I, I in school, I used to just love doing them. And, I, you know, that's obvious from what I'm doing now. Yeah, I bet you're the kid that's getting extra credit on like every diorama assignment because <laughs> your teacher's like, whoa, OK, let's throw a couple extra. Let's do an A++ on that one. <laughs> yeah i was part of me was kind of hoping man i hope they do more of this in college because i'd yeah. hate that definitely <laughs> wouldn't that be great college dioramas well did you go to school for art stuff yes uh so nice. uh currently still going i took an off semester but uh i've been going to school studying architecture oh sweet and that's really been interesting. It's it's been a lot of learning how to draw things and yeah, a lot of design principles and stuff. But it, it's actually really interesting using rulers and T squares a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's not all on computers now. They actually still you'll do the hard paper. So yeah, there, there's still some uh, hard paper and drawing and stuff, and there's still a lot of model buildups, which is one of the big reasons why I got into it is because. You know, you build a lot of models of a project or something, and, you know, that part really got to me. But, yeah, it's – a fair bit of it is on the computer. Um, so a sure. lot of the courses is sitting in front of a computer screen. But there were a few introductory ones that were, like, drafting on paper and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, my dad uh, is um, – well, he's retired now. He was a civil engineer that built um, – well, he designed the giant power lines, like not like the little telephone pole power lines, but like the big metal power lines. Um, and that's architectural in a way. And he has always oh, yeah. been—he's always been really into architecture. And we grew up in Chicago, so like Frank Lloyd Wright is. Well, I mean, he's known everywhere, obviously oh, yeah. Yeah. around the world. But like my dad, actually, now in his retirement, uh, once a week he gives tours at the Frank Lloyd Wright Home and Studio in Oak Oak Park, Illinois. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so he's that's loving definitely that. A, it's definitely a place I need to check out one day when I'm in the area. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. And, uh, yeah, if you come through the Midwest, you got to go to Falling Water as well. Well, that's out in Pittsburgh. I guess that's a little further. But um, what uh, what does he have in Wisconsin? He's got a lot of just, like, what's cool is that he did, like, big, big, important buildings, but also just did, like, people's houses yeah, that could afford to hire, hire him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like uh, yeah, his, no. his starter, his starter projects on his way up. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff around. Uh, yeah, like once a year they do a um, neighborhood tour um, through the like people that own houses of his in the area or houses that were designed by like his students, like his proteges and stuff. And you can go through all of them and stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, they do that once a year. Probably getting canceled this year. I don't remember exactly when he does that. Yeah. But, so that, you were already that, taking a semester off. You said yes. That's convenient. <laughs> kind convenient. Of, kind yeah. of weird timing, but yeah, I was taking a semester off, 
Uh, the virus. It happened. was you. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I'll just sneak out of school now and then uh, go to Don't China. Avoid it all. Head to China and come back to San Pedro. And that's that's the epicenter of San Pedro, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So yeah, your uh your stuff is really cool. I really love um well you're talking about old sci-fi stuff. So I mean that makes total sense, like especially with low budget movies, right? Where they'd start so they'd start with like a model kit that was already available, but then like trick it out to make it yes. their thing for the movie. That's that's so cool. Yeah, Wait, that was what's super the term again? Common. Uh kit bashing. Kit bashing. I love that. Another important uh well, important quote unquote term uh, that's used a lot is uh, greeblies. What? Which is, <laughs> yes, it is a really dumb term, but it's used a lot in the movie production world. Okay. Uh, greeblies are really specific model part pieces that are okay. used on like so many uh, like sci fi ships and stuff or anything huh. like model related. So. As like agreeably would be here's a barrel from a tank but it's used in all these things from star wars oh. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a really specific term but it's really helpful that how did okay what's the origin of that term <laughs> i think it was it had to have been one of the model makers uh with the original Star Wars films came yeah. up with it. I think it was, or it might've actually been George Lucas himself. It does sound like a Star Wars alien name. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just kind of stuck with any kind of miniature work. So Tim, tell us the story of, uh, how you got to be a, they might be giants fan. So I, you probably heard this, this story a lot. But I've actually gotten introduced to the MIP Giants through Homestar Runner, that nice. Flash cartoon series yeah, ages you know, ago. Not as many people as you'd think. It's pretty much, well, I started out with a lot of people that were around my age that I knew in person, you know, so I was getting the Tiny Toons thing a lot. And then right. I, was, I got a few, a few Malcolm in the Middles, but then there's like a big jump to like younger people that were just getting into it through, I mean, it's so accessible now through YouTube and Spotify oh, yeah. and everything to just find like recommended bands. You know, if you like this, you might like They Might Be Giants or whatever. And then you stream something. But even back in the Homestar Runner days, like, you know, what do you, what do you have? Like, like a T1 Ethernet. And then you think you're really kicking ass on the web, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, dude, this Adobe Flash player is running so smooth. But you know, it's uh, now it's, it's like kinda... Adobe's Flash is like a thing of the past. It's oh, gone. yeah, I know you go to a website and it's like you need to download Flash. I'm like, nah, I'll just go to a different website. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That used to be like every band's homepage was just like full on Flash stuff. And if you didn't have a good internet connection, it was just like, oh, no. yeah, I, I remember a, a very small bit of early internet where it's just like yeah. everything was flash based and uh my one of my favorite uh things is uh Homer's webpage from the Simpsons <laughs> with the little gifts of the toaster and the dancing Jesus yeah yeah from the, the Mr. early X internet was really like that yeah dude so yeah you're quite a bit younger than me uh yes. how old are you, how old are you uh 23 okay so so Homestar Runner, I mean, what I mean, were you watching it when you were like 10? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was like my college jam. It's nice to know that that appealed to such a broad. I mean, it's like they might be giants. Like kids can enjoy it. Yeah. Or like dorky adults, or you know, I yeah, I guess technically in the eyes of the law, I was an adult, you know, like <laughs> nineteen, twenty in the music uh, building's computer lab, you know, but you know, whatever. We're all supposed to be like in the practice rooms practicing whatever, but instead we're in there watching Homestar Runner. <laughs> Good stuff. So experimental film was that your first thing? Yep, that would be it. I I I remember like seeing the name uh, like they might be giants and i'm like is this a real band what did they make this up so i looked i looked it yeah. up and i'm like no this is a real band and i started listening to uh um i'm trying to remember the album that experimental film is off of the spine uh, silly oh the spine that's First right track yeah yeah and then i remember buying the cd and then since then i i've just been eating up as much of their stuff as i could yeah yeah so um so then you've pretty much kept up since then like well well how did you did you once you got into them did you go backwards immediately because when you're younger i don't think you appreciate music from like before you were born like you you got to get a little older to be like oh yeah you know the 60s that's when the best stuff was you know you're not going to be thinking that at 10 years old i guess yeah no so how did it happen so what I did is I basically stuck with whatever newer releases. So I stuck with the spine. And then uh, I think while I was into them, I think the else came out sort of around that time when I first got into them. Yeah, and then th- yeah. I think that, that I can't find it anywhere, but I remember the else came at least a CD I bought had another CD inside. Yeah. That was, I think, covers and just demos of some I of their think older stuff you're thinking of cast your pod to the wind right i might be yes yes so cast your pod to the wind uh is i mean it's a collection of stuff because they started a podcast in um i want i will double check it but i want to say 2007 uh or no no no, no. 2005 because then when they well f- fuck it let me just take a look um because then by 2007, they had put out all these songs for the podcast. Yeah, season one was 2005 to 2006. Okay. Um, so they recorded all these songs like just for the podcast. And then they're like, well, let's put them out on something. But it's not a proper album. It's just a bunch of random songs. Um, so they threw it in with the else two years later. Um, so the stuff that they did on season one, at least, maybe some into season two. But I guess that's when the else came out was that year. So yeah, it was basically like the podcast stuff collected onto a bonus disc. So you you got the initial run because they they stopped including that after I don't know how many copies. I okay. love that. I love that disc. It is so so many yeah. good little weird ones in there. Yeah, that that's the thing is uh, I think that had some of their weirder songs. Oh uh, yeah, was on that little disc, and that kind of opened opened me up to a lot of their more out there kind of tracks. Yeah, yeah, I love, yeah, actually I did on Facebook, well, yeah, we just became Facebook friends today, but on face, Facebook two, three nights ago, I was up late, I just couldn't fall asleep, I was doing some mixing and stuff, and then my friend Jimmy, who does some photography around town, he's like, hey, musician friends, we're all locked inside, who wants to, like, send me a song on Facebook, or, like, sing, sing me a song over the internet, so I'm like, okay, what do you want to hear? 
And so I ended up just doing a, a like a live stream on my Facebook page, and I played one of those songs. I played Dr. Worm on accordion. I played some other stuff, um, but I played, yeah, uh, I'm Your Boyfriend Now, which is the second track. Right. Which I remember that one. A, lo- a hilariously creepy Linnell song just about, <laughs> you know, like a stalker or whatever. Um, some obsessed, yes, uh dream yeah uh, loser basically linnell likes writing about losers and people get that get seriously injured so those are his favorite topics so then um but did you eventually so do you mostly just know the modern stuff did you go i mean you go back you went back i I definitely went back um i i went back to um john henry really liked that a lot Um, yeah was it harder for you to get into the duo era stuff going backwards but did it sound weird or something? Like it, the drum yes. So, yeah, yeah. It, it did sound a little weird, and it, it took a little getting used to. Um, but once I found, like, a few of the songs, like, uh, a big one that I really liked was Snail Shell. Of course. Uh, I, that one got me hooked. Um, I think Thermostat was also a really good one that I liked from that album. Yeah. yeah. Turn so. it up, turn it down. Just that Linnell... <laughs> creaky Linnell voice on that song. Damn. Love it. <laughs> yeah, so so but then like a lot of people when they hear the pink album, you know, you're I I, I was talking to my guest last night about this. You probably if you're going to introduce someone to the pink to they might be giants. You probably wouldn't run the pink album unless you were just hitting the like the the singles, you know. Um, what did you think of the Pink Elm when you first heard it? Because because that's got songs that are, I would say, way weirder than even the weirdest stuff on Cast Your Pod to the Wind. Yeah, it again, it it took me a bit to kind of get like accustomed to it. Yeah, because um, at that point I was still kind of new to weirder music. Sure, uh, that all went out the window. Uh, like once I got into like the residence and then I got accustomed oh, to okay. weird music and then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then the floodgates were open, but right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, so they were your gateway to weird stuff. Yes, they definitely nice. were into they my get my gateway into just more out there sort of music, more experimental sort of stuff. Yeah. Nice. When the lights come on, uh well you i mean when you picked your song the spreadsheet was like wide open you know yes and when the lights come on like it was a really new song so what what made you pick uh that when you had 800 other choices (laughs) so it was it's a mix of two different things uh one was uh because uh communists have the music was already taken i i slept on that one i was a little too late for that one um, but also, um, I don't, I just really love, uh, Marty Beller's drum work on the track. Yeah, I know. It is. Whole... It's just really, really, really good. <laughs> it stood out to me. It really stood out to me amongst a lot of their tracks. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that. It's kind of, um, it's like a more aggressive take on like the Johnny Cash uh, and the Tennessee Two kind of thing. It's like it's like that train yeah. coming down the line through like almost the whole song. Yeah, like I don't know how he keeps that momentum, but he he just rocks it. Yeah, Marty rules. Well, let's talk about since we're talking about the drums, let's talk about the musical arrangement first, and we'll get to the lyrics. So, um, well, I'm looking at the chord chart right now. So. Do, 
you said you don't play any instruments no i i have a basic understanding of like like tempo and stuff like that but it's sure. i <laughs> i never studied music i never really started reading music so yeah yeah so i'm looking at the guitar tab and it says d major i think it's probably more like b minor i mean it ends on a d it ends on a happy chord but for the most part this song is pretty like dour sounding i mean linnell yes. tends to linnell tends to write in major keys but then sing about very sad stuff but this is a very minor it starts on b minor very minor sounding uh more kind of somber song despite marty's insistent drumming so so what do you what do you like about the musical elements like not getting into the lyrics yet so in a weird sense it reminds me a little bit of some more punky music sure. some more some more punk some more maybe even a little bit of ska and a little bit okay yeah just with how like with marty's like like drumming in the background but Linnell's kind of like more like down tone it, yeah. it reminds me of a lot of like ska music or or mostly uh, punk a lot of punk music that i listen yeah, to it, this is a little too sad for ska it, it's the, yeah it's the one ska, ska, ska ballad is complete on the album, opposite. Yeah. ska is uh completely upbeat but really a lot of the time sad lyrics this is more like almost downbeat except for marty's drumming yeah yeah, like the little guitar lines, like yeah. just very kind of like old west shootout, like you're about to like sh- you know pistols at dawn or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> now now step count to ten and shoot. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great song, and the yeah, so then the vocal, the melody, you know, if Marty had made. It, it, I would be interested to know what the demo is like because they don't release demos anymore. They just kind of – it's probably right, just enough. Right. It's – you know, it, from what it, from what it seems like from talking to Marty, that, uh, which I've only been lucky enough to talk to him one time, but from talking to uh, Danny Weinkoff as well, it sounds like the Johns will be like, hey, here's a little idea or here's like a little sketch of a song. And then they just record it like immediately. So right. the, the Johns write their songs – and it seems like their their method they got now is they'll go into the studio and just record a handful of songs. The Johns will go and write more songs. They'll go back in, teach it to the guys, record it immediately. So like, I mean, these guys are pros. Like they're bas- <laughs> like they've got a band full of ringers at this point. Like Miller, Weinkoff, and and Marty are just so so talented oh, that yeah. that Danny could be like, okay, all right, let's jam it through. Like they're in the studio, just jamming it through. Okay. I got my bass part. All right, hit record. You know, like just right there. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, when it comes time for a tour, they do rehearsals. But it feels to me like they're so good that Marty, he could have taken it in like a ballad direction. It could have been like, I don't know, maybe like, I'll make a reckless prediction. I'll still be in the kitchen. Just kind of take it to like a kind of halftime kind of mid-tempo thing but instead he just like keeps chugging along so it could have had a very different feel yeah no it it i really i mean the reason i picked it it's just i really love the feel they gave this track it is it's a bit different than a lot of the other stuff on that album i like 
yeah definitely sure. very different but it, it is a very dour album in a way yeah um yeah i think it's it, I, I could i'd compare it a lot to the else actually in that they might be giants see that. will yeah like they'll they don't get super political like up front. I mean, we know they're very far left just based on their <laughs> stage banter and their Twitter presence and stuff, but in their songs, they don't get like outright political like they could be, you know, hidden messages. Everything's hidden and you know, shrouded in mystery with these lyrics for every song. But this and the else, like the else came out during the George W era. Yeah. And they have said in interviews that like they weren't specifically thinking about any certain thing, but kind of just like the whole like mood in the country, at least to lefties in the country, was just like, oh, God, we got to get this guy out of here. And then, you know, 2018, you know, we've got, yeah, <laughs> you know who in office. So <laughs> I, I, I would think that that probably influenced this as well. And like, I mean, the name, the title track, I Like Fun, is like the weirdest Weirdest yeah. song about like you I know was, prescription medicine making you trippy or die or whatever you know. Yeah, I was really like iffy on on that track. I liked fun, um, but then did you listen to the episode I did with my wife about it? No, I've been needing to. Oh, dude, we discovered some really cool stuff about that, and I think you'll like it more if you listen to it. Yeah, no, I I eventually came around to it, and I'm like, okay, this is just another one of those really weird tracks because I thought about it for a little bit, and I'm like, you know, I like the residents. This isn't yeah. too far off, right? <laughs> compared to a lot of their stuff, so I came around yeah, to it yeah. and I actually started liking it a fair bit of its weirdness. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And then if you listen to My Murdered Remains, song like Dog and all that. I mean, even just on this album, McCafferty's Bib, The Greatest, they're just like really yeah. weird songs that no other band would, no other major band would put on an album. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of really weird bands out there making really cool avant-garde stuff. But at the level that They Might Be Giants are at, I mean, they were on a major label doing really weird stuff, and yeah. they're kind of self-sufficient at this point. They got their own label. They're doing it all. And and that means that no one is telling them what to do. So they're still being weird, even in their yeah. 60s. They're in their 60s now. So, yeah, that, that uh, I have to remind myself every so often, geez, they're, <laughs> they're getting old. But they're still rocking it. They're still God, going. Yeah, I know. Like this was a, a good band to pick for a song by song podcast. Except that I, I can't see how I, I'm. The, the joke now is that I'm going to have to pass the podcast cast off to my daughter when she's old enough to do it <laughs> because I'll, 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 I'll die. And you know, I'm, I'm hoping to that you know the Johns are a lot older than me. But just cl even when they stop making albums or whatever, which it, they're not slowing down at all. So who knows when that'll be. There's just so many songs that uh, if they keep putting out new albums, I, I can't dig out of this as, as it is. But they keep yeah. putting out stuff. I mean, it would have been hard even if they retired a decade ago. There would still be like 600 songs. They just they're, keep going. They're one of the few bands uh, I can think of where collecting the whole discography is actually a task in itself. Oh, completely. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even imagine people who have like every pressing in vinyl because i recently <laughs> just bought um the flood the anniversary pressing they did yeah yeah and the uh the picture disc yeah which yeah, is me really too. cool yeah 
I know. Uh, I can't seem to get that animation thing to work quite right. Yeah, though. I can't either. <laughs> yeah, I but it's know. still it's still a great album though. So oh yeah, super it. cool. I got it. I got it framed now. Um, yeah, but I I have like a first pressing of uh, the self titled debut and of Lincoln. Oh, um, nice. I have newer the newer pressings of newer albums, Nanobots and uh, the Escape Team on vinyl, and then I have everything on CD except. Um, well, every every major release, there's some collections I don't have because I don't need them. Yeah, but like it's weird because there's a lot of punk bands that'll be like, "Oh, this exclusive seven inch." There's only five hundred of them, and they're in these weird color vinyl thingies, and like try to like <laughs> f- try to force some rarity into the market. Like, yeah, which I've sometimes, seen that a lot. yeah, sometimes I find that kind of selfish because it's like, okay, we're ca- creating a cool collector's item, but then you've got these people like spending a lot of money for not a lot of content or even material like this little seven inch record where they might be giants aren't really doing that like they don't even put that that many eps or singles anymore that was kind of a 90s a 90s thing to do right um when you know you you were still pushing uh singles because you wanted people to buy the physical cd or whatever but um but now it's just like they're just putting out m's but there's still stuff that's like ah that wasn't quite good enough for the album it's still out there in the ether. It might be on YouTube or something, but like they're not intentionally making rarities. They just write so many songs that some of them just kind of fall by the wayside. Oh God, yeah, it's it's hard to comprehend how many songs they've written. Yeah, I I, I can't even think about like how do they even remember half of these songs. Yeah, you know they joked about that. Like, have you ever heard the? Uh, I think it was, came out in twenty fifteen. There was a free download of a uh, flood or no 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 i'm thinking of um they did the self-titled the pink album live i can't remember where uh did you ever hear that uh i think i heard a little bit of it but not the full thing because so i've played a couple of them on episodes that that were pink album songs i'm trying to remember i think it was rabid child where the in-between banter their banter is so good it's one of my favorite things about seeing them and and it, yeah, it was Rabbit Child. Because, <laughs> like, Linnell is like, yeah, in case you didn't notice, we're playing the songs from the first album. Uh, and, then, and then he says, um, we didn't just know these songs. We had to <laughs> listen to them. <laughs> and then and then Flansberg's like, yeah, this song's called Rabbit Child. I remember when we were a new band, we get interviewed. People would be like, so Rabbit Child, what's that about? And I'd be like... It's called Rabid Child. What more do you want? <laughs> and then they go into it. It's it's a great... I would recommend uh, finding that. The link is probably somewhere on the wiki if you search for it. Um, okay. Yeah, free download. There's also a flood live in Australia from 2015. That's oh, really just, good. just I want to mention... Yeah. I absolutely love the wiki. It is oh, so man. crazy how much documentation, how much everything there is on that wiki it is ridiculous but i love it yeah it's obviously the first place to go when i'm researching any song or anything else i mean it is like so you know the the only things i've been finding are like discrepancies in the guitar chords or whatever because i'm you know i'm a trained musician and like the music theory stuff like i can't it's just part of me and if i see something that's wrong i want to you know correct it for the, the good of the wiki but like other than that it's like just I mean, you could get lost in there for days. Oh, God. There's so much. 
It's ridiculous. So, yeah, actually, speaking of the wiki, looking at the When the Lights Come On page here, um, so on the, on I Like Fun, um, the, there was a typo, apparently, and it said, uh, when the light comes on, instead of when the lights come on, it was light singular, when the light comes on. So, it appears like that on the album packaging, uh, and some places online. The band acknowledged this was an error days before the official release, it had already been pressed up, but (laughs) it says the title was manually corrected with permanent marker on at least some of the copies that were sold at concerts. Oh my god. (laughs) So those are probably, like, rare copies. Yeah, man, that's worth money, yeah. Yeah, it's like misprints on baseball cards, that shit's always, you know, they spell the person's name wrong or whatever um yeah <laughs> that's funny so and then the other bit of trivia it says uh, along with let's get this over with this was one of two songs from alec fun that did not get a music video as part of the 2018 dial a song project and flansburg said for many uh, for very different reasons the videos planned fell apart after months and months of trying to keep the projects together so i'm kind of curious as to what that yeah. means there i mean there's a citation here let's see what this is oh it's a tumblr post let's see if there's any more information on this because yeah because they put out i mean putting out a song every wednesday is one thing but putting out a video, a video with that song yeah. for you know they ended up hiring a lot of people and there were a lot of like fans that i i hope got paid but like fan videos and stuff like that i really um, love the fan made music videos like me too the little contests they've had especially um for the song am i awake there was some really good things for oh that. man i'm recording that episode in a week a week oh from tonight. nice yeah that, with that matt, should be a fun one with matt flood that's his real last name <laughs> and he actually has worked with the band on a business level he's released some uh re-released some vinyl stuff of theirs through his label asbestos records oh yeah he's done some vinyl uh, uh pressings for them so i'm excited to talk to him about all of that because oh, he's yeah. that super awesome. super duper fan and yeah much respect to john ulis as well for his work on the wiki um he's one of three people that uh and he's the one that i'm in contact the most with and has been on the podcast so i clicked over to the citation, which was the Tumblr, and that's that's literally all it said. Someone asked, you know, what's the deal? I didn't have a video. Um, is there any reason those two weren't you know, weren't on Dial a Song? He said the videos fell apart. So, no other information than that. Um, so on the wiki, there's a little tabs. You know, you got song, lyrics, download, interpretations, credits, guitar tab, sometimes bass tab, and chronology. Now, uh, if they're in like a pink kind of peachy right peachy a peachy (laughs) color you cannot click on them right so there's no download there's no base tab there's no chronology the chronology tab is where on classic songs you really find the juicy stuff because you'll find out if there's a demo or a dial a song and then a demo then a a, a live version that's properly released but this it's Ah. just it, it it only exists in this form the i like fun version right that's it you know No demo. It's just this. There are no other releases of it. Um, I mean, we're going to play a live version from someone's cell phone, but there's no proper live album released of it. There's no demos, no alternate versions, nothing. I mean, it's only two years old. But yeah. um, So you got the lyrics, you got the interpretations, the credits uh, on the song. We've already talked about all the guys pretty much. It's it's the straight ahead rock setup. I mean, it's it's 
you know, pretty straightforward rocker. You got Linnell on leads and backing vocals, but you also got Flansburg on some backing vocals, which I like when both the Johns are on a song oh, uh, yeah. sing, singing. Then you got uh, Danny, Marty, Flansburg, and Miller on guitars. So the, the, the normal lineup, nothing weird there. You got the lyrics tab, you got the guitar tab, then the interpretations. Yes. Let's talk about the lyrics. Now, before we look at any interpretations, because there are quite a few, um, what is your interpretation of these lyrics, Tim? What do so, you make of them? Yeah, so it took me a few listens to try and, and a few reads to try and piece together my own interpretation. Yeah. But what I think is uh, John... Uh, fell victim to an organ-like stealing kind of thing. Because <laughs> it mentions uh, a bandage where my kidney used to be and uh, opi- uh, opiates. And it's like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Oh. So wait, but, so you're saying Linnell is the the narrator of this story? Yes. I'm saying Linnell is... He fell victim to this crime. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I could piece together. Yeah, that's the hard thing about them and Giants is like, you know, they're <laughs> how could you not be drawing from some personal well? You know, it's like with a lot of weird artists, whether they're painters or, you know, writers or dioramaists. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> model. I don't know. What What do you call yourself? Model maker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Model maker. You got to f- come up with a snappier term, man. Yeah. I like, I like diorama. How about that? <laughs> that works. <laughs> so, um, you know, even if your stuff is so like surreal or, you know, even like if you look at like, are, are you, are you familiar with Salvador Dali? Yes. Yes. You know, like melting clocks and all this kind of weird, really weird, trippy stuff. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, this has nothing to do with anything. He's just like tripping balls and making weird stuff. But it's like, you know, there are deep messages within them. They're open to interpretation because, you know, it's so weird. You have to kind of like put your own meaning behind it based on your personal experiences. So obviously he's drawing from some emotional wells or personal or political thoughts, but when it comes out on the canvas, it just looks really fucked up. So, yeah. yeah, like the world has just been destroyed. Like every one of his paintings is just like, uh, this doesn't look good. Uh, it's apocalyptic. Um, so the same kind of thing I think is going on with the Johns. And I especially feel like Linnell really, he doesn't, he's whatever the opposite is of uh, the cliche, he really wears his heart on his sleeve. <laughs> this would be the opposite. His heart is deep within his ribcage, hidden from everybody, uh, masked by these lyrics. So, the yeah, the lyrics are really good and pretty insistent along with the drum beat. Like, they come at oh, you pretty yeah. rapid fire, and there's a lot of lyrics. I don't have the song memorized. Like, I couldn't just sing it from memory when no, it comes No, I, I couldn't either. And I've listened yeah. to it, like, 20 different times just today. Yeah. So I'm thinking about it. If we call the the parts that go da 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 da, if we call those the verses, I'll make a reckless prediction. We got one, two verses, and then I guess maybe you'd call the. See, I've been picturing diagrams of master plans. Maybe that's the chorus, and then a third verse, fourth, fifth, uh, 
there's like six verses. Yeah. I mean, they go by fast because of the rhythm of the vocals, but there's a lot of words in this song. There's a lot to digest. There really is. Even for Linnell, there's a yeah. lot here. Is there anything... Okay, see, I've been picturing diagrams of master plans. That comes back around. But other than that... I mean, obviously, he says when the lights come on quite a bit. Um, but other than that, there's no repeating parts of the song. Because usually the first part you'll learn is the chorus, because it'll sing the same thing like two or three times. The right. right song, right? In this case, you got one part that repeats, only repeats once. So it's very hard to memorize. <laughs> let's see. I'm, I'm looking at any, let's, any specific lines we might want to dissect here. I'll still be in the kitchen. Um, yeah, we won't remember each other, but we'll probably recover. Yeah, I mean, I like your your interpretation as well. Um, it's hard to say that, like, you know, I think a lot of Linnell's songs especially, it's like, I don't know, it's probably not Linnell, it's some sort of... Character. You, you know, character. Yeah, he's always writing, again, that's how he kind of masks his... Uh, throws you off the scent by making it some, you know, unknown named or unnamed narrator that's doing some weird thing they shouldn't be like like I'm your boyfriend now. Like I don't take that as like, oh, Linnell is like outside this woman's house. Right. Like right. like, hey, I'm outside. Let's go on a date, you know. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> uh, well let's uh well let's jump to the did you look at any interpretations from the other uh, uh wiki yes people? actually and yeah what do you, what really do you like interesting. there um, yeah what's your favorite so the one that i think struck me was uh the earthquake theory that the song yeah. is about the aftermath of an earthquake uh, which honestly seems pretty plausible yeah, yeah. So let's let's see. Let's uh, okay. Then there's also the the nuclear option. Yeah, that that's the um, that, that one's a little more out there, but I think that's also kind of I mean also pretty possible. Yeah. Okay. So earthquake. Uh, let's see. Is this attributed to someone? I hate when it doesn't have the person's name. Well, if you go to the editing, I don't know. Well, anyway, so it says, um. The lights could be ref- could refer to downed power lines. So, you know, your power goes out. You're wondering when the lights will come on. I'll be doing this when the lights come on. Um, the narrator's in the kitchen, possibly stuck there. Um, yeah. Hoping there's not too much damage. It quotes, uh, assuming stuff is still where it stood. Um, we won't remember each other. We'll probably recover. The narrator assumes that rescue services will help. Um, but they won't remember each other after, I don't know, maybe think like a concussion or amnesia or something. Um, or the EM, they're saying the EMTs or firefighters are likely to remember each person they help. But if they're gone, gone, I, get, I don't know, dead. But yeah, I, I can see all the, the they, they tie pretty much every line in the song to, to this, this theory. And it's pretty well thought out for sure. Yeah. Um, so you like the... the, the <laughs> The nuclear one as well. I think the song is about a nuclear holocaust. (laughs) (laughs) Very straightforward, upfront. Yep, it's about nuclear holocaust. You want to read that one for us? You got it in front of you? Uh, Yeah. So, uh, 
basically the theory says that the narrator has been buried in a nuclear fallout and much of his flesh has been burned off his body. Uh, <laughs> referring to the line, I taught myself to draw in the dust w- with what remains of my left hand. Uh, the, cr- the country had pres- presumed nuclear disarmament, dismantled their missile defense, and early warning systems. <laughs> so this is basically <laughs> really, really thought out. Yeah, but um, I, I I like it. I think either the the nuclear or the earthquake one are pretty plausible. The nuclear one, um, along with another one on here, are actually a little more political. So I wouldn't throw yeah. them completely out there. Yeah, you've actually got a couple of responses to the nuclear one. Uh, the first one says, strongly disagree. The idea that they would write a song driven by fear of uncertainty against uh, nuclear disarmament is utterly at odds with everything their music stands for. Okay, I mean, that's that's a very definitive statement for, for a fan to make, but okay. Yeah. Um, you're wrong. I know exactly what they're thinking at all times, okay? Um and then another person, Scarlet Swordfish, says they do not always write songs that reflect their personal viewpoints. So I think kind of commenting on that previous uh, disagreeing person, like, hey, you know, it's a narrator. You know, they could write a song from the point of view of like a conservative, even though they're yeah. liberals, you know, kind of like a Stephen Colbert kind of bit. I don't know. You know, you're not going to assume that that's exactly what John Linnell is thinking about and whatever. Um yeah, were there any responses to the earthquake one? I don't th- think so. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, a couple good interpretations. There's other ones there if people want to go look at them. We're not going to read them all because there are quite a few for such a new song. Um, and a song that's that's deep in the track list. Like, this is not up front. It's not – it wasn't a single – I mean, the dial song stuff, it didn't even get, you know, a video. And yeah. you got it at track, what is it, 11? Wait a second. It's track, yeah, track 11 out of 15 on I Like Fun. So it's in that firmly in the, the back third of the album. Um, but it's a great one. We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast friends. Reliant K? I think I've heard of them. Aren't they Christian or something? Don't they spell Reliant wrong? Well, you won't have to answer these questions for yourself. We're Jess and Danny, and on our show, Sadie Hawkins Pod, we're going song by song through Reliant K. You may have heard our crossovers with This Might Be a Podcast, and we're still doing our thing, looking at the band that we think might be the perfect match of geeky rock like TMBG combined with 2010's pop punk. Even if you're familiar with Reliant K from their songs like Be My Escape, Who I Am Hates Who I've Been, and Deathbed, we haven't even done those songs yet, and we think you'll learn some surprising things about the band if you check out Sadie Hawkins Pod. Listen now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most anywhere podcasts are found. And we'll see you at the next punk rock show... Uh, wrong band. Oh, wait. Uh, We'll see you on your deathbed. Should we listen to that live version that you found? Yes, we should. There is a pretty funny uh, start to it, so I'm going to drop that in right here. Coffee break. We're, we're in the musicians' union. It's, you know, it's out of my hands. You know, when the clock says, I'm for coffee. That's how Dan Miller spends his coffee break. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, that was, that was my fault. No, it wasn't, it wasn't, I think it was a good group effort, John. <laughs> Please, everyone pitched in. I, I started playing that song in the, the chord of E minus. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I, I, just got, I just got one question for you, John. What is the chord? What is the chord the song starts on? A minor? B minor. That's good news. <laughs> start like immediately but he's oh, like God, a, yeah. a line into the song and he's like nope stop <laughs> <laughs> so this was uploaded by chad the youtube user is chad um <laughs> this is live at the marquee theater in tempe arizona on february 27th so like right after i like fun had come out in 2018 <laughs> and then flansburg asked him what is what is the chord that the song starts on <laughs> <laughs> it's a new song at the time. B minor. Oh, okay. All right. I love everything. My Pajan's live video has like a minute or more of talking. There yeah. we go. Yeah, it starts at 59 seconds. Wow, Miller's going, he's going a little bonkers on it. He's yeah. making those light, those leads fancier. Adding extra flair. Yeah, when the lights come on, all this high stuff. I dig it. And this is kind of like a punk song. Even when he... He drops the Johnny Cash digga 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 digga. It's still the it is it is a punk song. I yeah. like it. Yeah, you're 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 right about that, man. That's a good sign of recording. Yeah, the audio is definitely good enough, which sometimes when people are up that close to the stage, it really doesn't sound that great, but it actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. So thanks, I, Chad. I, I remember being at a ska concert trying to record close to the stage, and it's just yeah, the most muffled sounding thing possible. Well, the thing is, like, you got a, a sound guy who's working really hard to mix it back there, but yeah. you need to be back enough so that you're hearing both PA speakers. If you're right up to the stage, you're just going to be hearing, like, the live drums, not even, like, the mic'd drums as much, and, the, like, what's coming out of the guitar amps rather than, yeah. like, what's going into the microphones and out to the crowd. Yeah. Peter, Peter Gritch is really good at um, doing live recordings and he'll go up in like the balcony or whatever. And then you're getting a really good mix. Oh, it's yeah. not super, it's not, well, it's still loud, but it wouldn't be as loud as like right next to the speaker. So, um, but yeah, thanks Chad for uploading that. I love the banter and the false start is something they don't do a whole lot and is, is something that's normally completely frowned upon, but that one is hilarious in that it's just like, wait, I forgot to take a sip of coffee before Marty clicked it off. <laughs> they they definitely own up to it. I think that's great. So there's one cover, and I will send it to you right now on the Facebook chat window. It is a guy named James Hastings who 
I'm trying to remember. I played one of his covers on a recent episode. Oh, but recent by recent, I mean like ten episodes ago. Sorry, James, can't remember. But this is the second time he's being played. James Hastings on YouTube when the lights come on, and it's called the White T-shirt session. So I don't know. He recorded a bunch of songs wearing a white T-shirt. I hope he <laughs> did a plain white tees cover. Um, so this is a ukulele cover. And he's got his little setup, and he makes some rock and roll faces uh, or ukulele faces or whatever you want to call it. So, did you get you hadn't listened to this yet? Why don't you go ahead and give yeah, that a I'll little? Yeah, I'll give it a listen. I make the reckless prediction. I'll still be in the kitchen when the lights come on. I think we'll probably be good if stuff is still where it's stood when the lights come on. Taught myself to draw in the dust with what remains of my left hand. And from what I can tell, I'll be no more than a shell or an automaton. But we'll be laughing and shit, it will have all been worth it. It sounds so different. Yeah. <laughs> well, with no percussion, I mean, the only yeah. percussive element you're getting is the fingers on the strings. So he kind of strums it in Marty's snare rhythm. Yeah, I, I definitely hear that. And because that's not something that Flans or Miller really have to do because Marty's already doing it. Right. So if you're doing it with just a solo instrument, you really got to propel it like he does. Take on the drummer's role in a way. Guys, he's got a good voice. Yeah, he does. He has a really good voice. Um, yeah, I'm just dropping him a little comment. I, I've I've decided that I I need to let these people know that they're appearing on these episodes. So I just said, <laughs> "Awesome, playing a clip of this on our episode about this song." So then, if James Hastings isn't aware of the podcast now, he will be. And there are some people who are rabid coverers of They Might Be Giants. And some of them, I think, are starting to cover things that they know I'm going to talk about soon so they can get on the episode, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm totally cool with because I'll come across songs. I think only twice have I successfully pulled this off where I'm like, help, I'm recording this song tomorrow and I just found out there's no covers. And then like someone makes one <laughs> in like a day for me, which is awesome. <laughs> Um, so I'm down with that. Um, that's the only cover. So I think we're to the scoring section, I guess. It seems weird when these new, but it's a new song. Two years old is still a new song. Yeah. Um, so what are you going to score this thing? So, you know, the deal, uh, zero to 10, though I will not accept a zero and I will immediately (laughs) delete this episode from my hard drive and it will not air. Um, But what do you score? Anything else is acceptable. What do you, what do you score it uh, against the, they might be giants canon just against other, they might be giant songs. So I, I really, really love the different, more punky sound compared to 
most of their other stuff. So honestly, I'd give it an eight. Nice. Yeah, the punk vibe is pretty cool. And even like the Johnny Cash vibe is cool. I actually, yeah. uh, my band Outdoor Valor has a song that has this exact drum beat. Um, on the recording, I played it with brushes, so it is more of a Johnny Cash kind of style, lighter, uh, chicka 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 chicka. I was actually imitating Bell and Sebastian when I did it, um, as much as Johnny Cash. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but kind of a speedy but not aggressive beat. Okay. Um, Marty's is a little more aggressive because it's with full sticks, full volume. Um, but I dig it. Marty's beat is awesome. Um, thinking about it in terms of the I Like Fun songs. Oh, what's the highest? Let me look through my spreadsheet here. What's the highest I Like Fun score I've given? Uh, where do we go? What's the first one? By the time you get this, I gave that a 7.2. That's too low. Well, oh, well, it's, it's set in stone. I cannot change it. Um, I've done a, quite a few off this album, actually, and off um, My Murdered Remains. I think, so then I Like Fun, I gave a 7, even though I did find a lot more interesting after digging on that. You should listen to that episode. I definitely um, will. I think, you know what? I'm going to give it a um, 7.4 solidly. Yeah, that's a good score for the podcast because... Uh, can't just give away those eights, nines, tens. Seven point four, <laughs> very awesome. And for a track that's like at eleven on an album, it just shows yeah. you how just shows you how solid this album is. Is that even like the tracks near the end, and then they get really weird with McCafferty's bib and uh, McCafferty's bib and um, the greatest. And it's just like this album is just so good and so weird. And you got the rockers, you got the artsy ones. It's just. Uh, it's a great M. So seven point four. So uh, plug some stuff here, Tim. What do, what do you what do you think? Tell the people where they can find uh, you know to to look at your artistic stuffs. Yeah. So uh, I am on Twitter at Fennec underscore Peachy on Twitter, and I post most of my model stuff with a lot of other kind of random things. But I mostly try to post a lot of my work in progress stuff. Yeah. Um. I think it's cool to see, yeah, to see, like, uh, like, I love watching, like, uh, even, like, people that sketch or draw or paint do, like, uh, like a speed draw or do, like, a time-lapse video of stuff they do. I love seeing the progress, and for stuff like yours, I'd love to see, like, yeah, the, I it coming together. I definitely plan on, once I get a better, like, setup, like, a better uh-huh. workspace, I definitely do plan on doing, like, time lapses, because I think yeah. that would really, like, open people's eyes up into, like, oh, wow, this is a thing that, you know, a lot goes into these things, Definitely. I mean, even like for now, even just do like a photo gallery or like an Instagram story or a Facebook story where like you have a a whole bunch of like five photos where it's like the various steps of like your building. Like that would be cool to see. Yeah. And before like a full video, you know, wouldn't be as hard to just snap a photo along. Oh, no. It's just it relies on me to just remember to take (laughs) pictures as I go. I know. Yeah. Like you're thinking about what you actually want to make, but you're not thinking about. Oh, hey, look at this half-done thing, but I think people would like to see it, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so do you you have, like, uh, and your, yeah, your website, co-fi.com slash peachyfinec. Yes. And uh, people can, like, um, buy you a coffee? Yes. You know, <laughs> anyone that likes to uh, see my stuff and 
uh, like to listen to me ramble on this podcast. So Kofi, it seems like kind of a Patreon type thing. Was this before Patreon? Um, I think it came up after Patreon. It, it's kind of a Patreon without like the commitment. It's just you throw like a one-time donation to someone. I see. Oh, and they don't take a fee. How do they? Are there ads on this? How are they? I have no idea how it works. <laughs> yeah, because Patreon does take a little bit, but like, I mean, this is a pretty clean looking, you know, format here. Like, Patreon is really, in the most ways, pretty set up, pretty cool, and uh, yeah. But well, like, they Patreon, do they do take a little they do they do take a little bit, you know, to run the site. So I got to give Patreon a lot of credit. They've really given my friends a good like source of income. Like a lot yeah. of my artist friends. They rely on Patreon, and I think it's great because otherwise, you know, how else would they be able to do freelance work? Yeah, and especially now that a lot of gigging musicians and stuff are getting their gigs canceled, like me. Yes, yeah, you know, I make my money as a music teacher, so I don't need to be making money, but like, you know, we're going to get shows canceled that will go towards like the pressing of our next CD. So that just means more comes out of our pocket or we wait longer until shows can start happening again. So, you know, the podcast says Patreon because I put a lot of work into it and, you know, you don't really gig out. I mean, I've done three live episodes, but those don't make money really just like barely cover my gas to get wherever. So the only way I'm making money off this is through, you know, subscribers being like, hey, I like what you're doing and throwing me a little money. So I appreciate those people, but you know, I'm not going to beg for money during the coronavirus because I don't need this money to oh, eat. Yeah. There are a lot of artists that need it a lot more than me. So yeah, go support um artists. I mean, whether there's a virus or not, it is hard yes. to be a full-time artist. It, uh, it really uh, any is. any kind of art, music, whatever. I I, I can't so. stress enough how important like even just little donations are to a lot of independent artists it makes yeah. makes their whole week you know most of the time yeah so yeah and even just like little messages and stuff even if it's not monetary just like people yeah. appreciating your work but i think you should all go uh buy a peachy a coffee so tim tim here you know because you know he might stop the song one line in and, and then be like i need coffee so you better yeah. buy one you know, he'll, <laughs> he'll be like, he'll be like one little figure into a diorama and be like, forget it, I need coffee. And then you have to buy him one or he won't continue working. <laughs> John Linnell style. Stop the song. That was pretty hilarious. All right, man. Thanks so much for being on. I'm sorry that you had to wait over a year. Oh, no. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> I appreciate you following on Twitter, like right off the bat. I just started the oh, Twitter yeah. and was looking for fans of the band and, uh, I thought it was really cool that you reached out to me in the first place. I, I didn't expect that. I'm like, oh, it's a podcast about my favorite band. Sure. I'll yes. Check it out. And yeah, it's it's been really great. And I, I've loved seeing like how many episodes you've been putting out. It's <laughs> uh, every week, every week since November of thanks Thanksgiving of 2018, except for let's see, right before school started this past year, started my teaching year, I took a day off, and then I took New Year's Day off or New Year's week this year off. So I think I've only taken off two weeks, and some weeks I've had double episodes, so that kind of makes up for that. Jeez! Thanks again, Tim. That was awesome. Oh, and, I loved uh, it. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's see some more pictures of those uh, dioramas. I think that's that's super interesting. I love that stuff. Um, very cool. Yeah. And 
yeah, man. So I will talk to you later then. And uh, you want to do another episode sometime? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I won't, I won't make you wait a whole year. So I'm going <laughs> to send you a link to the spreadsheet again uh, right now. And you could go ahead and look, though a lot more has been claimed since the last time you looked. Right. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. So um, I'll talk to you later, man. I'm going to get going. It's uh, been a crazy day, crazy week. So you uh, stay safe oh, yeah, out you there too. in you San too. Pedro. And I'm going to make a Best of Minutemen playlist for you. Do you Spotify? Yes. All righty. It'll be coming in the next couple of days. <laughs> get <laughs> Thank the San you. Pedro pride. All right, man. Talk to you later. Take it easy. You can find This Might Be A Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. This Might Be A Pod. This Might Be A Podcast. Search for that. Uh, this Might Be A Podcast.com. This Might Be A Podcast.bandcamp.com. All of the places. We're on Tumblr. Um, yeah. Call and leave a voicemail, please. I love those. 224-801-2930. Send me an email. This might be a pod at Gmail. That's the best way to give me feedback is the voicemail or the email. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you got wrong. What I got wrong. Tell me that my interpretations are wrong. Um, and, uh, yeah. Keep them covers coming. People, keep making those covers. I'll keep playing them. Have a good one, everybody.